All right, welcome to another episode of Last Ones at the Bar, the baddest podcast uh, when it comes to the sport of boxing. My name is William Henry, and I'm accompanied by my guy, the man, Lavelle Jackson. Lavelle, what it do? Up, man. You know, just uh, chilling here, man. Uh, this was a, a little bit of a, a slower boxing week as far as events, but you know, things going on in the news. Uh, just, just ready to talk some boxing, man. Had a, a pretty, you know, good week, busy week. Uh, had a little rest too, so um, I'm good. Okay, okay, yeah, man. My weekend was good. It started off the other day, man. I was checking out the game the other day, and so um, I was looking on sports. I'm sorry, BovadoSportsBook.com, and I saw the odds of the Lakers and the Suns game. So I was like, man, should I go ahead and and put some money on it because what i was thinking is is that you know the lakers they be having trouble with everybody else but it seemed like when they have they play like the tougher teams it seemed like they are more competitive and they actually are always in contention to win so i saw them eyes man i was about to put about at least a hundred on it but then i decided not to and lo and behold the lakers messed around to beat the sun so i'm mad that I I didn't get a chance to do that or i didn't you know actually you know go through with it but anyway um also this weekend man you know i was getting a popping i got my <laughs> uh, little bar you know what i'm saying so it's henio's instead of san antonio's so right <laughs> there, my um homegirl the, the bartender she was yami yami is cool man she's a real cool young lady from el salvador so they fired my other bartender who was up there so i said you know what let me go ahead and fill up my you know pantry with some stuff in there too so i asked yami i was like how do you make your signature margarita that that um they call it the cadillac so she told me she she sent me the information so therefore i made me one right there i mean that's delicious right there man so you you come through bill on fridays mm-hmm. the special is going to be the cadillac margarita now you come through on saturdays then that's when I go ahead and hit you with the Moscow Mule. You understand what okay. I'm saying? All right, all right. You know, I got a nice little. I mean, you can have whatever it is that you want, but those are my specialty cocktails. There, you know. Last thing I'm gonna say about this too is that <laughs> on everything I love, man, I thought that the KGB was gonna come knocking at my door after I was sipping on that Moscow Mule. I'm saying that. Hey man, you know you got that that Russian restaurant like below <laughs> over there. Uh, yeah, in that area. <laughs> Yeah, and um, you ever have a Moscow meal? I haven't, I haven't yet. Uh, I, I guess uh, when I show up at your spot, man, that would probably be the first. Yeah, yeah, it's it's gonna be delicious. But here, man, <laughs> you make sure you, you wear some mittens because it's that that that, that uh, container right there is real chilly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. But anyway, you know, as we always say, best nation is a donation. Don't cap hit that cash up. Also, Vail, man. I've been, um, you know, I play softball, right? Mm-hmm. So this past week, we're supposed to have two games. Um, I played Wednesday. And they were supposed to have another game on Thursday. And um, actually, we made the playoffs. So we go into the mm-hmm. playoffs this week. Uh, we got a game on Thursday. And I'm already anticipating being victorious. It's just, unfortunately for me, I won't be able to play the following week because I'll be out of the country. Remember I told you I got the trip set for the Dominican Republic where I'll be out of the country from the mm-hmm. 20th. 24 and then check this out though that's what i didn't mention so i was talking to my boy you know um he lives out there in the la like in between la and san diego i believe Mm 
And so I was looking for flights. Like, so I'm thinking about my Christmas itinerary. What do I want to do? So a week before Christmas, I got a flight that I'm going out there to San Diego. But check this out. Okay. A lot of that trip, guess where I'm going to go? <laughs> where? Tijuana. I, 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 I want to predict that, man. Hey, hey just be careful behind that border, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. And check this out before we get started. So I was t- talking to him. I said, man, you know, going out there, he was like, man, you got a ball out there. So I said, do I rent a car? And guess what he told me? Right. He said, he, he said, you can rent a car. He said, um, if you're feeling um, generous, <laughs> <laughs> you're feeling generous or charitable. That's what he said. If you're feeling charitable, then go ahead and rent you a car. But yeah, man, I'm looking forward to these, these trips, man. Anybody that's paying attention and listening, make sure you hit the like and subscribe button. Like I said, we're edging close to the 500 subs and we're trying to get to uh, 1,000. Um, this week, it's no predictions. What do you think about that, man? Like, what do you think, you know, having a week where were, were there any fights yesterday? Or is was it just the fact that it wasn't fights that was that interesting to you to, you know, go ahead and not predictions, I'm saying recaps. Yeah, yeah. There were some fights yesterday. There weren't ones that were like, uh, you know, higher, high enough profile to cover. And a lot of them wouldn't even, you know, televised. Like you'll have to take, it'll take a lot of effort to to find those matches because uh, I believe there was maybe a light heavyweight match where a title would have been online. But these were fights that they, 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 unless something, somebody did something extraordinary, they really won't change the landscape. But, you mm. know, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't. Whatever was on, I think I saw a few things. I couldn't see us like uh, recapping them fights. Like it just wouldn't mm. make it you know who would want to sit through that you know so that being said man let's go ahead and get off into the predictions it's going to be an interesting week because you have fights that the the main fights are going to be on thursday you know and it's not like it's thanksgiving or anything like that or anything special going on so let's go ahead and start off with the shakur stevenson who's 20 and 0 with 10 uh, ko's he's going to be facing edwin de los santos who's 26 1 with 14 KOs entering into this fight, you got Stevenson. He's a 12 to 1 favorite, according to Bovada on uh, sportsbook.com. Um, what are your thoughts on this fight, Bill? Yeah, the, I, I think the I, I'm when I look at the, the odds to this fight, uh, it does tell a story. Uh, Stevenson should be the favorite, you know. Um, when you look at him, very talented boxer, very seldomly get hit. Um, the only thing that that they the only criticism you can make on him is that his uh his power, and even then sometimes when he he starts sitting on his power, it's not like he just putting guys out or hurting them, but but if he hits you enough, he he can get you out of there as uh as we saw with um um Jamel Herring, um, but also I I I was looking at his resume, you know just last few days and it and i and his resume looking at it is actually better than i thought it was at first i was like man it, he really needs to step up and he haven't fought anybody and it's true he does need to step up but you know his resume is kind of respectable with certain guys like ropes and Casasio. uh he got oscar valdez on there he got jamel herring he got nakatila on there so it's like decent fights but not like nothing that's gonna make you believe that you it really is this about the eye, the eye test, and the talent level that you see. 
so Edwin Lo Santos, you know, um, I think he he his only losses to Joseph Adorno. Uh, no, I think no, it's William Foster. His last fight was with Joseph Adorno. Um, when I look at how Los Santos fights, you know, um, very heavy-handed. He does have power. It's just that he hasn't shown it on the top level. When you look at the opponents that he fought, none of them makes you believe that, you know, he'll hurt Stevenson or be able to catch him. But that's, a, you know, it's a, it's a double-edged sword because when you're not up for a guy like that, he might catch you and you'll find out that he hits hard. Now, Los Santos, he doesn't have that type of, like, one-shot power when I look at him, even though he has a high uh, KO percentage. Normally, he just he's very, very heavy-handed, man. You can't just take a bunch of shots from him, man, and, and eventually he'll hurt you. Um, but when I look at his rhythm, you know, he's a one-two guy. He does, you know, uh, use distance well for a guy that's pretty much a puncher. You know, he gets out of range, and he uses his feet to get back in range. And he's pretty much a one-two guy. It's just looking at his rhythm and, and how he does that, it's the same thing over and over. And I think you have to be able to do different diff, different things to really get to Shakur Stevenson. So when I look at how these guys match up, um, I, I can't see nothing other than Shakur Stevenson winning the decision over at when Los Santos and the performance where he, you know, he does his thing, moves around, uses angles and box well and picks up a, a, a high – uh, connect ratio percentage. So what say you? So you going with a twelve round decision? Yes, twelve round decision. Oh, okay. Well, to me, it's this is um this this is a tricky fight, you know. And the reason why I say that is because of the power of De Los Santos, and he's he's um sometimes when you don't have a lot of footage on you because he's so young, he's twenty four years of age, and you can't and he's 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 ascending as far as his abilities last time i saw him he looked really impressive i was really impressed with the five fields or don't fight or whichever last one that i saw him that power that he possesses in, in both of those hands um that's what i would be kind of nervous for when it comes to shakur you know because this is a legitimate 135 pounder. he's green but at the same time you know I don't think he's just textbook like that where you can kind of um just automatically know what it is he's gonna do he's gonna be a little bit um i would say a little slightly unorthodox but those punches just come from like i don't i'm gonna say out of nowhere but they can catch you slipping and i've seen him do that to guys but he wasn't fighting anybody near the caliber of shakur so it's hard to know what's gonna happen when he's facing like one of the most talented guys in the sport of boxing it just you you can't slip at any moment against that dude because he's going to if he catches you flush he can put he can put you out that's I, I believe that um so that's the only thing that i would be worried about if i was your court now on the flip side of that i always say this man i i don't again i'm going to the dominican republic this is the third time that i'm going the dominican republic people the dominican republican people are generally good nice people you know what i'm saying and i've seen them just and i don't want to cast this on all dominicans i don't know it's just based on what i've seen my experience with them 
is that they can talk a good game, but when the rubber meets the road, and it's like, what to what extent are you willing to go to be successful? If if Shakur is there and he's just outboxing them, he's just it's this is classes above Delo Santos. Is he gonna quit? You know what I'm saying? And that's what I'm fearful of. And I see that with a lot of those guys. You had the the, the guy that looked like Ali who was fighting Mark, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, he when he tried to step up, he didn't look so hot. You seen Banana um, Rosario, mm-hmm. you know? What I'm saying? Like every time I see those guys, and they look great at certain points, but then once they get that fight, that's really going to show whether they're not Hector um, Garcia. Mm-hmm. No, as soon as he got hit by Tank, remember he was like, oh, he was done. He packed it in. That's 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 what I'm weary of. And so, just based on that experience, I wouldn't be surprised if Shakur get a late round stoppage. Um, but I will say, you know, I would go with a 12 round decision for Shakur just to be safe. But like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if he's able to frustrate him, and then maybe he might even quit in the corner. You know, because he's real green too. You know what I'm saying? He just don't know what he's gonna do. Um, if he's getting outclassed by Shakur, and that's likely to happen, just want to say shout out to Shelton, you know, for, for stopping through. Shelton, you can always, you know, come on in and, and give us your take on some of these, yeah. these bouts, too. So just keep that in mind. Yeah, you was Shelton there before? Was Shelton in before? Yeah, he was in there before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, and I remember it now. <laughs> yeah, Shelton, and, and if you're still listening, man. I, I ain't gonna lie to you, man. I, I the Steelers are cool, but today, you know, my boys gonna have to get busy. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? They playing the Packers today, so. <laughs> All right, so you good on that, Bill? Yeah, yeah. Okay, but I'm rooting for you, Delo Santos. Hopefully, I, when I get out there to Dominican Republic, you'll be out there. You know what I'm saying? We can toss one up. You know? No, you can't toss one up. You know what I'm saying? Because you're a boxer. <laughs> All right, so now, <laughs> also, Bill, that same night, man, and which is interesting. Again, on Thursday night, the, the crazy, the messed up thing for me is I got a baseball game. I think our game is at 7.40 or something like that. Hopefully, the main event or the co-main hasn't has started yet because I don't play that far away. Um, but also at the T-Mobile, you got Navarrete, um, Emmanuel Navarrete. He's going to be fighting against Robson Conceciao. Navarrete is a 12-1 favorite, according to Bovado. First and foremost, Bill, do you agree with those odds? No, not at all. No, I think this is a, a closer, a lot closer fight than that. Uh, and I'll go into some, some reasons why. Um, but Navarrete, you know, this is like what's his third, yes, third weight class so far, third or fourth. Uh, you know, five foot seven, 72 inch wingspan. He got this long reach and arms, man, and um, 38 and one. Uh, 31 knockouts. A lot of times he's just heavy-handed and he throws tons of punches, man. He doesn't get tired. Uh, has tons of heart. Great chin. Um, but I will say when it comes to ropes and uh, Cassasio, I think Cassasio uh, is – is, he, he he provides a different challenge to Navarrete because up to this point, Navarrete has only been fighting guys who are – his size are a little bit smaller – I mean, the biggest guy you can say he fought was uh, Oscar Valdez. And while Valdez wasn't taller, he might have been structurally bigger, but that didn't really play out in that fight. But Casasial, he's, you know, a sturdy guy. Um, he's been in there with, you know, Stevenson. He's been in there with Valdez uh, in a close fight that he lost that 
some people thought that he won. So he's legit. He's tough, uh, strong chin. Um, it's weird because he kind of fights like uh, Los Santos in a weird way, except that without the footwork, he doesn't use the same footwork. But he throws that same one-two type rhythm that I think, which we saw uh, Shakur Stevenson capitalize on. But I think maybe I'm underestimating Navarrete because Navarrete does have boxing skill. He does do a lot of things very, very well. Um, but but I think being in there with a guy that, that's that size, I mean, I think it'll surprise me. It'll show me some things. It'll show me really how tough he is. Do he have some things to pull out his back? Um, I do know he he does he is an awkward mover to some extent, and he you know he tons of heart and and tons of cardio, uh, and, and hopefully his hand wasn't hurt like what he did against uh, Valdez. Hopefully that wasn't a a real injury. Um, so looking at this fight, I do think it's going to be a, a, a very very entertaining fight. I I, I don't see. I'll be surprised if Navarrete stopped Conceição. So I see that this is going to be a close fight, maybe a, a eight to four type of fight where I think Navarrete, his activity is going to going to frustrate Concepcion down the stretch, uh, and I think that's where he's going to really frustrate him and win this fight. So I have Navarrete winning, winning a decision over Ropeson Concepcion. So what say you, Will? Um, this is this is a tricky fight. Um, and for them to, it says a lot, you know, that they, what they think about Navarrete to put him in there with Conceicao. Um, Because when you look at Conceicao's resume, man, he lost to Shakur, but he put up a good fight against Shakur. Mm-hmm. Sure. And then also the Valdez fight was questionable. So really he, but here's the other thing about Conceicao. I've seen him. Prior to him facing Valdez, when I would see him fight, sometimes he would just do just enough, you know, to mm-hmm. win. And it, it wasn't against stellar opposition. And so at this stage, let's see, Conceicao is, what, 35? And he's been at that weight, you know, for quite some time now. Mm-hmm. Um That's what troubles me. It's, it's a couple of things that troubles me about Casasio. He's all. It's gonna be tough. He, he's tough to look good against, just based on his style, his physicality, his know-how, his his amateur pedigree, and all of that type of stuff. But he always gets off to a good start. First five, six rounds, he's tough. Then he kind of fades. I'm just thinking Navarrete, who like he's one of those rev it up type guys, and he gets stronger and stronger as the fight goes on. I think that that's going to play dividends to Navarrete in this fight, where regardless if Conceicao is up on the scorecards, it's not going to matter because it's the Navarrete show. You understand what I'm saying? So they not Conceicao will have to really brutally beat that man in order to get a decision, and I don't think that that's in his wheelhouse to do so. You know, I think he's one of those guys who, when he wins his rounds, a lot of times they're close; they can go either way, but you. If you just being honest, you would say, okay, Casasial won that round. But when you think about the totality of the event, who's the A side, who they want to win, then it's like, okay, that was kind of a close round where they can actually make a case for the other guy. And nine times out of ten, in those bigger fights, like the Valdez fight, he won't get those rounds. And in this case, 
it's going to be the same thing. You know what I'm saying? So when it's all said and done, I, I, I know Navarrete is going to have his hands raised. It's just a matter of how, if it's going to be controversial or not, you know, but I think that he'll do enough um, because it's hard to gauge Navarrete because you see how he fights and he kind of is like a Burchelt to a certain degree, but he's a little bit more skillful than Burchelt. And he surprises you sometimes with the, his ability to catch guys with those unorthodox punches. And so I think that you'll see some of that, you know, in this fight. And as the fight goes on, he'll progressively get better. And you'll see Casacial progressively slow down. And when it's all said and done, I got him probably like a 116-112 unanimous decision for uh, Emmanuel Navarrete. Again, this week, I and mean, make sure you hit the like, subscribe button, please. And this week, we don't have, like I said, no recaps or anything like that. So we're going to go straight to the news, Vail. Um, here, you got Jerron in it. So it's a couple things here as far as the um, – as far as Bovado Sportsbook, it wasn't odds if Crawford and Ennis fought, but I did see odds in terms of who Crawford is going to potentially fight next. So if you see on there, it's looking like, according to – on that website that Spence is the favorite, followed by Virgil Ortiz, but that's going to not happen since Ortiz is moving up to 154, and he has to get himself back together. But anyway, Jerome Boots Ennis has been declared the new champion, I want to say the IBF champion, um, at 147. And, and, and so my question is, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that in, instead of losing his belts to Boots, that – should Crawford have tried to make a fight with Boots? Uh, it, it was always going to be a, a weird situation. Me, I would prefer to see a fight with Boots. But we also got to remember on that contract, it said that you got to rematch Errol Spence. At, you know, uh, the only thing is the winner choose the weight, I guess. But, <laughs> but yeah, he has to rematch Errol Spence. Uh, so... It, it was always a, it was going to be a weird situation. I think it's just it, it's like a catch twenty two because you could say that Boost didn't really earn it, but at the same time, I truly believe this is probably the the the, the best the only way he was going to get that title because I'm if 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 Spence I mean if uh, Crawford wasn't going to fight him then and he was going to fight Spence at one fifty four, I predict that he probably was going to stay at 154 and not go back down and the same thing would have happened uh, you know um but with the 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 flip the good part about this is, is with jerron boost in having that ibf title more guys they have to fight and they can't really duck them anymore no matter who it is even the the uh lower tier guys you know saying the guys that he couldn't really get in there they gotta fight them now no, know, they, they want that yeah if they want that hmm they still can duck him. They was ducking Rigo when he had the belt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like they want that. Let's say he just won a WBA title. He said, you know, WBA and create their own title for it. But uh, if you're in the IBF rankings, I mean, you don't have, you don't have a choice. Um, he still do. You would think that, you know, you number one. But remember, Ryan Garcia was number one for Devin Belt, but he didn't fight Devin. That is true. You, you, you got a point there. You got a point. I mean, Hey, um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's the, the uninteresting part about it is they didn't even give. <laughs> Crawford hasn't had that belt for about 
what six months? Not even six months. <laughs> That's the title he won from uh Rayo Spence. <laughs> and they already stripped him. <laughs> you know, I mean I, I thought you had a year, but I guess not. <laughs> Unless it was it was already stated before, you know, they fought that it, you know, which it had to be something. They can't just yank the belt from the man again. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They, he had to have not followed something that they said that they were put into place before the fight took place between him and Earl. But with that being said, um, also boost wanting Bud, um, Thurman, Barrios, or Stanionis next. Okay, okay. Let me speak to that one a little bit. So, yeah, we already talked about Bud. Thurman, um, Thurman is an interesting case because he keeps surprising me. I don't know how 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 long he can he can make one forty seven either, but he's been making it, you know. So uh, I can see Thurman. Now that 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 Ennis has that IBF title, I can see Thurman uh, going for that title. Uh, I can see Barrios and Stanionis going for that title. Um, the most likelihood of this for some. For some odd reason, we never get what we want. So I think I think it's gonna end up with uh Jerron Ennis fighting Mario Barrios next. I think that's exactly what's gonna happen. They're gonna mm-hmm. find a way to elevate, you know, Mary uh Mario Barrios to number one contender in the IBF title. Mm. You know, I mean that's 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 okay. You know what I mean? What, what's, he's a good guy, love him, and he, and he's not that bad of a fighter. He's just in a, he's definitely in a a challenging division. Mm-hmm. Good guy. Um, I think that I think Barrios a whole, you know, do what he can. He's one of those guys who's gonna he's scrappy. You know what I'm saying? He'll he'll do his thing. You know, as long as he he's in there, whether it's one round or six. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, Boots is gonna put them paws on him. You know, it'll just be. I don't know. I don't even know if that's a good name for Boots resume. I'm, I'm just. I hate it because he came on with such like a buzz, like a buzz saw. Like you saw him and you saw the talent that he possessed and all of the skills and attributes. And then we like, man, 147 is loaded. You got this person, that person, and these dudes are barely fighting each other. And it's it's it typically gets like that where you have somebody who's not necessarily in the class of the guys who make the the weight class what it is for instance you had garcia danny garcia you had spence spence was kind of under them you know he was like after like the thurmans and um porters and all but he eventually he was able to get some of those guys in the ring but then boots who's like a few classes underneath that this upcoming guy is like they all still trying to fight each other and then but they took so long to do it in the first place and so now this guy comes on who could be just as good or better than all of them. He's not getting, you know, they, they, they um, he's not getting his opportunity. And then finally, when he does get the bell, all of them are like about to leave. And so he's left with the Stan Jonas's and whoever's left. And you're not going to see him be able to match his skills with those guys unless he decides to move up to 154 and chase those guys there. But we'll see, you know, we'll see what, what happens with Boots. Um, also, oh man, I, I don't know if you know, but they said December 23rd that you're going to have, you're going to have Anthony Joshua versus Otto Wallen 
and then Deontay Wilder versus Parker and Bivol versus a guy named Rivera is playing for a pay-per-view card in Saudi Arabia. I look to see it's so early, you know, no, there's no eyes yet on Bavada. But what do you think about a card of that magnitude? Uh, <laughs> it's sad to say that 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 we we gotta be like, wow, a card like this when man, I was just looking last week and they had a uh I, I, now I gotta go there. I was looking at uh old episode of Rap City, right? And I I'm trying to remember who was actually on that car, but I know that. I can tell you, I can't remember who fought who, but I know that Gerald McClellan was on that card. It, it, well, they were advertising a fight in the commercials when I was watching this Rap City. I think it was like 1993 or something like that. Gerald McClellan was on that card. Uh, Julian Jackson was on that card. They fought each other. Yeah, they fought each other. I'm I not sure if they were separate. I'm not sure if they were separate on that card. But I told you maybe that, that was the card. Remember, I said that Julian Jackson. And and uh Gerald McClellan, they kind of opened up the car. Like that wasn't even a main event. Yeah, yeah. I think that might have been it that I saw the advertisement for. And I was like, I was just white, I was just mesmerized, like, man, like I mean, it's it's that type of nostalgia that makes you feel bad, like, dang, this is how much time they got away from us that we that this stuff just doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> it, it was well, it was interesting. It's interesting, but you sound like an old folk again, you know, going back to that. You know, this is this is where we are in the sport of boxing. But um I you don't even have those quality enough quality guys to put on the card that they had, like with Julia Jackson and, and, and um Gerald McClellan on the undercard. Like you don't even you couldn't even put something like that together, period, now because it's just not that much talent. And the guys who you think are talented, they demand too much money. So they wouldn't be put on the car like that. But anyway, um, with this, I like it because it, I just like the fact those two big names. Like, So is the headliner going to be Joshua and Wilder or is it Parker and Wilder? I would maybe Joshua. I don't know. And and actually, those are good fights, especially for, for like Wilder. He's fighting somebody who really doesn't punch that hard. Um but Wilder, I don't know. Like Wilder, he's tricky. I think that anybody clip him, then he might, who has some heavy hands, they he might get a little spaghetti leg. But at the same time, you always just got to be conscious of that big Alabama slammer. You understand what I'm saying? So that's always coming. Um, but Joshua, that's a tricky fight for Joshua too, because Wilder, he's sneaky good. <laughs> you know what oh, I'm saying? Like, oh, I found it now. I found it now. All right, I'm sorry. So Joe McClellan, yeah, he took on the heart on the hawk. He opened the car. It was Liz Lewis and Tony Tucker. Then you got yeah. Julio Cesar Chavez. He took yeah. on Terrence Ali. You had yeah. Hector Camacho on the car. You had Meldrick Taylor on the car. You had Thomas Tate on the car. You had Obacar on the car. Yeah, I, I remember that vividly. I remember um, <laughs> they they interviewed um, my main man uh, Nino Brown on. Um, the episode and it was asking him about Chavez and Ali and he said you just got one dude who who has um heavy hands and the other dude just, dude just don't have no power he's talking about Terrence Ali because Ali was doing all that ah! trying to do all that type of stuff next thing you know Chavez is hitting him with one punch and kind of debilitate him <laughs> and so but Chavez was that was the dude out there so they had him as the headliner but anyway and he was number one pound for pound at that time um 
But yeah, man, I, I like this card right here. This is a really good one if, if it's um, actually going to come into fruition. And hopefully this was set up a fight between Joshua and, and Wilder. But it may not because I keep hearing Eddie Hearn talk about trying to fight Nagano and, and, and people yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. Man. We'll see. Then Wilder told him he, he want to fight Nagano and he'll do it in the ring and in the cage. I'm like, wow. Yeah, but see, here's the thing. Here's the difference. I know Wilder will fight Joshua if they set it up. It's just like, okay, he's like Boots. Like Boots, he want to fight the dudes. It's like, so if I can't fight them, then I do these other things too. You know what I'm saying? I got to get paid and get make money and somehow, some way. Um, also, you you we talked you talk you want to talk about this one as well. Oscar, uh, he wants Williams of Peta versus. Uh, Shakur Stevenson uh, next because according to what you said I didn't see it but you, you were saying that he says that they see something in Shakur that they can take advantage of now before you even answer that if this was to go on Bavada sportsbook.com what do you think the odds would be you think this would be um, a lot closer than what the De Los Santos fight is uh yeah I mean, it won't be twelve to one. It might be six to one. I mean, Williams was paid as a tough guy, but I until somebody really, you know, show me they can even win rounds on Chris Stevenson, I haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. So for this, Austin De La Hoya, did he said he wants that? Then I heard a comment where I guess the president or somebody was saying that Williams was paid to see something in that at Shakur that they don't. <laughs> I, I, I was intrigued by that quote, but yeah, I mean, when it comes to Shakur Stevenson, I'm like, bring it on, man. Opponents like that is always good for him because he needs to, I think that's the only way he's going to get people's attention, you know, the only way, especially in a division with some, somebody like Tank Davis, you know what I'm saying? He'll fight. You know, I, I think Shakur Stevenson is probably more willing to fight Williams Zapata than Tank Davis is, you know. Yeah, um, he called him already. Remember, he, he yeah. Him. So, so, so if De La Hoya is willing to make that match, hey, you know what? I can, I can, I can pick apart De La Hoya and doubt on many things, but I, I, I will not doubt that he will put Williams Zapata in there with Shakur Stevenson. I think he would. I really think he would. <laughs> I don't see uh, why. He, I mean, what, what, why, why not? You know, it's it's same you know, reason that, that PBC wouldn't put Tank in there. <laughs> well, no, they, they 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 we know it ain't. I don't even think it's PBC. I think it's more Floyd. But um, yeah, he and Tank plays a different card. Like he's playing the Mayweather, you know, ish sort of thing. But he's doing it even weaker though. You know what I'm saying? Like he ain't fighting anybody, but he's just he they let him get away with it. You know, um, but as far as Zapata, at some point, you got it's either sink or swim. You know, <laughs> he's 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 beat up, you know, some some halfway decent guys, and so you know, at at some point, you're gonna have to fight Shakur anyway. So you know, if he feels like he's ready, you know, throw him in there and, and let's see. I think, to be honest with you, I think really, if Shakur gets through. De Los Santos, I think that that's a good fight to prepare him for Williams to pay because yeah, they I do, so, you know. Yeah, so 
We'll see. You know, shout out, shout out to Oscar, man. Like I, I really, you know, if he does go go through with this, and he allows that fight to take place and transpire, you know, that's good for boxing, man. You know, mm-hmm. unfortunately, yeah, yeah. it might not be good for his pocketbooks after he gets you know, <laughs> whooped on. But we'll see. Also, Ville, you got uh, Chris Colbert. You know, he's gonna be back in action probably against uh, Jose Venezuela. And this is supposed to be, like I say, December 9th. Now, the first fight, close. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I thought that, you know, uh, Venezuela won the fight. Yeah. At the same time, going into that fight, you had Cobra. He was a three and a half to one favorite entering that first bout. I think that they're going to have them odds a lot closer in this one. But how do you see a, a, a fight like that playing out? You know, I know you haven't had time to break it down just yet, but what do you think is going to happen? when it's all said and done yeah so um yeah Bavada had those those well in the in the, in the fight before he was a three to one favorite this fight i wouldn't surprise if it's even or that that venezuela is a slight favorite um the cobra you i gotta give him credit though because he is willing to get in there with somebody that you know gave him a tough go other people would just say, you know what, I moved on. That was a hard style. I, I want bigger and better things. That's what he said uh, at first. He said he won't. Yeah, he said at first. He yeah, said yeah, he yeah. But he here now. You know, he there. So this is this is like, hey, prove yourself, buddy. You know, I, I used to be high on Chris Colbert. He kind of disappointed me. You know, and 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 not push himself. I, I think what it is with him. Like you use this term a lot about being delusional. I think in a sense he does fit that that a little bit that he's kind of delusional because sometimes and I think not like he's crazy or anything, but he believes things that like like he fights like he has this power, right? I'm pretty sure against lower tier opposition where you and against your sparring partner you have power, but sometimes when, when you're using that on somebody and it's not working then it's not working. You have to dig in your bag and do other things. Now, Cobra, he does have toughness, you know what I'm saying? Like, I've seen him hurt. Like, he was hurt in that, that first fight with Venezuela, but he was able to power through. So he has some some things that, some some uh, some tangibles that are good. I, th- I think he just believes he's something that he really isn't. He believes he's, you know, have this style that he really doesn't. And that's the difference between someone like Chris Cobert and somebody that maximize their strengths and minimize their weaknesses, like somebody like uh, a Frank Martin or even a, a Shockey Foster. You know, Shockey. When we watched that last fight with Shockey, he knew he knew. Okay, if I hit this guy enough, he'll fall. But he wasn't just relying on just power alone, throwing each punch like it was a power punch, like he was going to do something. He had to, you know work his game plan set that up and i think sometimes covert he goes in there and he, and his when his game plan is not working he doesn't really change it up or give himself chances um but do i think he's do i think he has the mindset of of, of if, if he didn't want this fight he wouldn't be fighting this fight so i do think i don't know man i still can't predict this fight i can't do it right now but i i Cause I gotta listen to it to his interview and see it, see if he's mentally where he's at. If he's in there like Apollo Creed and Rocky too, like this dude doesn't belong in the ring with me. I'm gonna train. I'm watching everything he do. 
I'm looking at everything. Or he just uh, arrogant, like, oh, that wasn't me. You know, I'll just go in there and be the same thing and see what's going to happen. And that's detrimental in a fight like this. But we'll see. Maybe maybe I'll get some uh, prime time chicken, man, in New York when I'm next time I'm there. <laughs> so we'll see you with I just think the guy, um, somehow he lost his way after he got whooped on by Hector Garcia. <laughs> but at the same time, he's always, he, he just reminds me of just a little hard-hit kid that you talk to. And they telling you, you telling them not to do something, but they telling you that they can do it. <laughs> like, man, you no, know, don't, and they still try to do that, what it is you tell them not to do. And you get the hell nail in the head with that one, yep. That's, that's what he is. And so when I saw him fight in that last fight, he he got dropped in the first round, but he was trying to throw, like, with Jose. Like, he was trying to throw hard shots, like trying to hook with the hooker, throw big right hands with, you know, a guy who's more powerful, as opposed to using his advantages and his, strength, his strengths that he has. But he just wasn't doing it. He doesn't do it because I think – Partly, it was a fight that he had when I first started watching. You guys were a little bit more higher on him. I just didn't know who he was. I was impressed, you know, when they would show him on Showtime and some of the fights. I didn't know the guys he was facing, but I saw, like, the turnout that he was having. They was having him on, like, main event on some of those cards. But when they said Chris Cobra, I didn't know if that was a girl or a dude. You know what I'm saying? At first, and they was like, Chris Cobra's about to fight, and it was, like, kind of pandemic-ish time. And so, but when I used to see him, I was like, okay, dude got some talent. Um, but I thought that he was more nuanced than he is. For instance, he had a fight with a guy, and I can't remember the guy's name. He ended up stopping him in the 11th round, but he ended up fighting him as opposed to boxing him. So this is the first time that I'm seeing him fight, and people were saying, no, he's, more, he's usually a boxer. But he's in there banging it out with dude, and he just out-toughed him, and he out-quicked him, and he ended up wearing the guy out. And it was kind of like a fight of the year type fight. But I was thinking, I said, man, he has a little bit more know-how. So then I started seeing him more, and he had a couple impressive victories. But it wasn't until the Garcia fight where I'm thinking, like, the things that I thought that he was able to do as far as switching things up that's not in his repertoire like he doesn't really do that and then he already has like this preconceived notion of what he's going to do to a dude and it's really no plan b because garcia just kept whooping him and i'm like wh where's the adjustment that you're going to make this take that away and he never had one and then in this fight he just he's gonna like try to power through whatever adversity that he's going through and if he can't do it then it's not going to work out for him. So in this fight, I don't know how much he's going to be able to take from this dude. Like, because he's going to be getting hit. And it's just a matter of if he's able to catch Jose with something. And I don't see it. I think that it's, it's really, it might even be worse. I think either it's going to go all 12 or 10, however many rounds it's going to go. And I think that Venezuela is going to have, um, He'll get the knot. Or it could be a situation where they they want Colbert to win. And like the last time, because I, I I don't think I thought Colbert clearly lost that fight to me. Um, but 
he may be somebody that they can market more because he still has that Brooklyn base mm-hmm. that they can send him back to and maybe sell like more with him as opposed to Jose Venezuela. I don't know. But I think that when I look at both guys, the way they fight, I would favor Venezuela um, or Valenzuela over uh, Colbert. But we'll see. You know, I'm looking forward to the rematch. Shout out to him for definitely um, taking on uh, Valenzuela in, in, in a rematch. Because at first he was talking about he was a sore loser and that he wasn't going to fight him again. And he was acting like he really won. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, come on, dude. So anyway, let's go ahead and go on to the last topic here, which is Jamel or Jamal Charlo says he's going to get revenge against Canelo for his brother. But you want to talk about something else. Um, but he is going to fight November 25th, two week in two weeks, against Jose Benavidez, in which he's an eight to one favorite, according to Bovada. Um, what was that you want to talk about as far as him and his WBC belt? Okay, yeah. So for him to get revenge against Canelo, he has to give up his belts. And and I he said a comment said, "Hey, if y'all want the WBC beat WBC title, y'all can come and get it tomorrow." When I first heard that, I, I interpreted it differently. I was like, okay, so if you want this WBC belt, you still got to go through him. But he meant, hey, pick this up because I ain't going back down. And I'm like, it's a weird thing to say. Normally fighters, when they move up, they just drop their belts and just, here you go. They don't make statements like that. So it kind of showed that still something going on with, with Jamal, you know. But at least he's in there with uh, the right type of fighter to at least get going with Jose Benavidez because – he definitely has a size advantage over Benavidez. Uh, but Benavidez is just not going to lie down for him. You at least go be there and, like, you know, try to punch him too. He's not there. But anything, it's uh, far out these odds may be. I still don't think Benavidez is not the type of guy that would go there just to collect a check. He's going to at least be there and try to fight, even if it's not working. So I still think. If Charlo has 70 to 80% of himself, he should be able to stop Benavidez. Um, but I, but where I think the problem is, is him saying he's going to get revenge against Canelo Alvarez. It's like, like how? Right? How does Jose Benavidez prepare you from, for Canelo Alvarez? And I think this is where Ronnie Shields need to come in and say, hey, if you want to fight Canelo, let's – even though we know boxing don't work like that, everybody's about the money, they just want that big payday. But – they should be lining up if they want to really build him up to that. You gotta be like, okay, are you serious, Charlo? Yes, yes or no. And he says, yes. Okay, these are the fights I want you to fight to get prepared. You should be fight. You should already be fighting. He should have been fought fighting Hami Magia. You know, what I'm saying a, a Demetrius uh, Andre. You know, then maybe it should be a young gun some in there somewhere, like a, you know uh, Edgar Berlinga. Just something some high-profile opponent where it's going to, you know, test him a little bit and, get, and hit him, you know what I'm saying, get him prepared for, for Canelo, just not just going to a Canelo fight like this. So um, as silly as I think that statement is about him going against Canelo, I can totally see it happening. I can totally see it happening. I Hopefully it does not happen, <laughs> not after this fight. But I can totally see him fighting, beating Jose, Benav- Jose Benavidez and them trying to put him in there with Canelo. So those guys that you mentioned, um, 
like the Munguias, the Andre tonight. You would have liked for him to fight one of them in this fight. I say in this fight. I said he should. No, after this. No, no, no. no. I I want him to fight. He should fight Jose Benavidez in this fight because this is his first fight back in two years. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is he shouldn't go from Jose Benavidez to Canelo. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully he doesn't, and hopefully uh, his his uh, handlers and um, his team that they formulate a good game plan to get this guy back on track. And that this is just the first step towards, you know, a monumental comeback after a minor setback, you know? Um, and, you know, as far as I, I didn't really catch what it is he said as far as the belts and things like that, I'm not I'm too much concerned about those things. I'm just concerned based on what I see on the 25th. Is he putting that work in? How much are we going to see of vintage Charlo, you know? Because it's been a while since I've seen him look really impressive. The last time I saw that him be very impressive was against Darian Chinko, which had to be about four years ago, you know. And so he has he's had a lot going on, you know, psychologically and emotionally outside the ring. And you don't know how that's going to impact him physically because I don't know how much he was training and things like that when he was going through what it is that he was going through. And so hopefully all of that stuff is behind him. You know, we'll see. He's th- those guys. Jamel is more sound mentally, um, but he seems to get a little soft now, too, after he took the Canelo fight, you know. Um, but Maul always seemed a little. He's a little different than his brother, like his brother has a lot more of that dog in him. It appears and I don't want to take anything away. I just don't see it because just thinking about him. In the past, like doing a lot of barking, but even when Danny Jacobs approached him, like I, I, I was expecting a different response from him, as opposed to like allowing Jacobs to be the alpha in that situation, where he was like, you know, it, it, it appeared to me like we, we can get a popping now if you want to, you know, and he, it wasn't like he was like barking back at him, you know. And, and that's cool. Like, I don't I don't expect people to, you know, that, that's a cool way to play it. Where it's like, man, ain't nobody going to be fighting you right now. We fight in the ring. I can respect that. Like, if somebody mm-hmm. took that approach. But just not from him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Based on how he was talking previously. You know, it's how macho and stuff that he, he presents himself at times. And then even when he was going into the ring, like after the Caleb Plant situation. So he had the Caleb Plant situation where he slapped the mess out of him. Then, not too long after that, he's entering into the arena and some lady was saying something to him and he's, like, pushing her to get through. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like, that mental makeup, it's like, it's just not there, you know, it's on, on solid ground. And um, I don't know if you can ever get that if you don't have it. But we'll see. You know, sometimes, you know, just getting off that rust and, you know, Building the momentum, building his confidence. You know, we'll see what where that where that takes. You got anything else on that before we wrap this one up? No. Yeah, man. Good discussion, man. You know, saying like I say, hit that like and subscribe button. This is what we do. You know, we have these conversations all the time. Like I say, Bill, if you want to next time, because I'll be here Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So I'm leaving Monday morning. 
Okay. We can we can do one um at the spot, you know, if you want to one of these days or um anywhere you like, man. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I'll be off for about a week. The week after I'll be back um to see the uh Benavides fight on that mm -hmm. weekend. So we'll see, man. You know. Um what, what do you got in closing though? You know, close this one out, man. I'll give you the final word. Oh, uh, Nothing much, man. Just joy talking, just boxing. I know it was a short episode. It was a lot less going on, but hey, we got enough material to keep to keep going, though. <laughs> we can Absolutely. always do it. Yeah, man. This is what we do, man. We talk this talk. You know, we can. It can be one fight, you know, that month, and we can talk. You know, we can go back in history. You know what I mean? We be talking. Yeah. You be coming up with stuff as far as like the fight cards back in '93. You know, we can go on and on. I remember we used to do the stuff as far as like the top left-handers and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I remember that. Oh, last thing I'm gonna say, man, before we wrap this one up. So I'm, you know, I'm in education, mm -hmm. and so they got this uh, thing called National History Day here in Virginia, and so some instructors they don't want to go through with National History Day. I think that it's an excellent program for students because it's built-in equity. You know, and the reason why I say that is that you have kids who have an opportunity to choose a topic of their liking. The only thing, the only um, thing is, is that they have to find a topic that matches that year's theme. And so this year's theme for national history is turning points in history. And so they kind of make them kind of vague so that you can kind of match any topic with it that you're interested in. And the great thing about national history Day is that kids get a chance to you know, research a topic that matches the theme. They do extensive research. They have to come up with thesis statements. They have to put together the project. They have to present their project. So it's a lot of great skills that they're gaining when they participate in this activity. And like I said, it, it bothers me that some teachers don't like to do it because they'll say, well, it's taken away from the content that I'm covering. But when you, there's certain content that you cover that you kind of forcing kids to learn about something they may not be as interested in. So I'm going to give you an example. So I have this one young lady. I won't say her name because she's not of age. But she, um, African-American student, about 12, 13 years old. And, you know, she just wanted a, a girl, you know, that is kind of inner city girl. But and she likes her urban music and stuff like that. Right. Um. So some topics just won't interest this young student, mm -hmm. but the things that she's passionate about, she's gifted. You know what I mean? She does a really good job. Or she, at the very least, she's just as good as any other student. So anyway, um, she, she wanted to do Tupac for National History Day. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I'm telling them, I said, I don't care what topic you choose. It just has to, what's the turning point? If you be able to explain to me what's the turning point, and the reason why I don't care is because you still have to understand the historical context of the era that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. So she won't do two bucks. So I'm like, so she's like, well, what, what turning point can I use? I said, I can't do it for you. You got to <laughs> let me know the turning points you're referring to because Tupac got a whole bunch of turning points. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That you can. You focus in on so yeah, one I just thought of one. I was like, yeah, I just thought of one, not for the better, but you know, I, I remember the 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 shooting. You know, so of course, the shooting and going to jail that really changed him in a way too. You know, yeah, plenty of them though. She could have chose that if she wanted to, but 
So now her mom mom loved Tupac. That's the reason why she wanted to do him. She liked Tupac's music. She would tell me a couple songs that she listened to. So now she goes and she comes back. And at the end of class one day, she put her computer up. And I was like, what are we talking about? I don't know. Like, what, what, what are you saying? She was like, this right here. So she's, she wanted to do Tupac, him creating the first double CD in hip hop. Okay. Boom! Like I said, oh my God, you hit it on the nail, sweetheart. Go ahead and run with it. So two days later, she comes back to me. She's breaking it down. She's telling me some stuff that I forgot about, right? So she went back. She found out that his rival, Biggie, a couple a year or two later, came out with a double CD. She found out that not too long after that, maybe like 99, 2000, Master P did the same thing. That's that's the see you 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 giving up the big that oh, okay all right really, I'm trying to tell you I'm trying to tell whoever's listening. So when she told me, not only did they do that, but all three of those CDs had Bone Thugs and Harmony on. I was like, that's research, that's history right there. How can you deny a kid the opportunity? to be able to participate in something like that. Only people who don't know the beauty and richness of an activity like that is if you're a privileged person who is looking at it, well, we have to do things this way. And you have to, and I hate that, man. That's the biggest pet peeve that I have in an educational system is that some people can't feel that. You don't understand like the passion and hard work and the skills that these kids are developing when they're able to do something that they're interested in. You know what I mean? Like you're still doing the same thing as if I'm looking up the Manhattan Project. It's the same thing. It's just I'm more so interested in this because I'm connecting with my family. I'm connecting with, with um, the music that we listen to. You know, so I just wanted to end on that note, man. I just thought that was a, a great, um, as an educator, you know, that, that just warmed my heart to see that young lady. Um, decide to do Tupac and then coming up with all of that rich information on our own. That's history right there, you know? But on that note, man, you know, we're going to go ahead and wrap this one up. Hopefully you enjoyed the episode and we'll catch you next time. We out. Peace. Peace.